welcome to another episode of How to Love the Dark, a podcast where I walk my wife and one of my good friends down the long, shadowy path to horror cinema obsession as I try to take them from novices of the macabre to bloodbath experts one film at a time. This week, we watched Roland V. Lee's The Son of Frankenstein from 1939, but before we get into that, let me introduce my co-hosts. First up, sitting directly to my left, my wife Anna. How are you? I am significantly less COVID-y. Yeah, we got, we, heads up, we got COVID. That's why there weren't episodes for a couple weeks in December. Yeah. If you listen to this episode, you have to isolate for five days. Yeah, <laughs> only five now, thanks to the CDC <laughs> yeah. trying to get the economy going. Yeah, thanks, Delta. <laughs> the other voice you heard coming through the magic of the internet was my good friend Torin. Torin, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm sad that I just now realized that I could have been making so many Borat jokes during all of our intros when you say my wife. He's going, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's only episode 20, so it's not that late yeah. to start. Yeah, so we watched uh, Son of Frankenstein. This is the third in third of four Frankenstein movies we're going to watch. This one, the content warning, there's an ableism aspect to it, as there is to much of the frankenstein movies but it's it's pretty light um as always we're not 100 percent on catching all the content warnings that might be relevant so if you have content sensitivities please use other tools like does the dog or common sense media to check and make sure that the media we watch on this show is not going to uh negatively affect you too much to your diligence exactly uh in this movie Basil Rathbone stars as Baron Wolf von Frankenstein. Man, what a good name. <laughs> the son of Henry Frankenstein that we saw in the last two movies. Boris Karloff is back for, the, for I believe, the final time as the monster. Bela Lugosi is in this one as Igor. We actually have an Igor. <laughs> yeah, we have an Igor. Lionel Atwell is Inspector Krogh. Josephine Hutchinson is Wolf's wife Elsa von Frankenstein. And Donnie Dungan is Peter von Frankenstein, their suspiciously southern child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all coming back to me. We we took a break after watching this. It's a little foggy for us, but man, I remember Inspector Krogh, awesome character. Absolutely love him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I remember watching this and having to do a double take because I was like, Did they speak like they're from England. Their child has a distinct southern drawl. Yeah. Do you remember whose turn it is to start the synopsis? No. I think it's mine. All right. All right. So our movie begins. We cut in, I think, I believe it's a rainy night. We cut in a bearded face peering out of a window of like a guardhouse near a gate. We are shown that it is the guardhouse of the castle von Frankenstein. As two women are pulling a wagon up the hill, they turn away from the castle. Two boys are taunting each other about their fear of the man in the window, who we learn is named Igor. It's... The first time we get an Igor and a Frankenstein movie, even though he was a main character in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. And, he, and he's kind of a totally different role yeah. in, in this Very movie. different role, true. Yeah. Uh, then we flip to a town council meeting where the Burgomas- Burgomaster is meeting with the town council. Which I think our third Burgomaster now of different yep. yeah. character. Well, this yeah. movie's, you know like 20 30 years later so that at least this time it at least makes sense ah fair that's fair the village is kind of in an uproar it believes that the village's ruin is the result of the frankenstein family and henry's monster uh the burgomaster 
announces that he's going to deliver some papers to Henry's son, who is moving into the castle that he has now inherited from his dead father. Nobody currently lives in the estate except for Igor with his broken neck, and the townsfolk don't want another Frankenstein moving in. The inspector says they've talked like this before and it hasn't done any good. The burgomaster says that while the new baron arrives tonight, you will find no friends in this village. We then cut to a train, and we meet Wolf, Basil Rathbone, the main character of the movie, who is Henry's son. He is riding on the train with his wife, Elsa, and their young son, Peter, complete, uh, like I said, with Peter's southern accent. Yeah. They're, they're not from the American South. They're, they're from America, but... but Neither Basil Rathborn nor uh, Josephine Hutchinson has a southern accent, but their son is like a, oh, pa, almost. It's like, yeah. it's silly. Uh, they remark that this is different than America, but that it fills both of them with excitement and that they feel like explorers. Uh, they joke about the castle and eventually that it is haunted by the things that his father did. Wolf declares that it wasn't his father's fault that he made a monster, but his assistance for using a criminal brain. So we're, <laughs> we're still on that. Throwback. He says that his father's name has become synonymous with horror and monsters and that most people call the creature itself Frankenstein. Just then, they pull into the train station. Um, while Elsa and Peter are escorted to their car, the burgomaster greets them. Wolf is, like, very warm and, and like, trying to be really nice, but uh, the burgomaster and the townspeople are really cold. And while Wolf tries to give, like, a, you know, hey, we want to be friends with you speech um, and, and tell everyone about his benevolent intentions, the crowd, like, just disperses while he's talking, um, and it, he gets kind of deflated by that. Uh, the burgomaster refers him to his car, and they drive up to the mansion where Igor is is there but he quickly slinks out of view yeah our next scene we're at the mansion um it's again another set third iteration since the first and second movies <laughs> servants are bringing in loads of luggage and we meet amelia the nanny who takes care of uh, wolf's son peter and benson who's the head butler but amelia immediately takes peter up to put him to bed wolf settles in and seems home at home right away and Elsa marvels that he feels so comfortable already. Benson then tells Wolf that all the servants here are Tyrolians because none of the people of the province would serve here, which kind of would infer, given that the village is so scornful of him. He then escorts Wolf into the library, where a painting of his dad Henry is looking down on them. Wolf wishes he had a small portion of his father's genius. While he's lamenting this, Benson's pouring him a brandy. Wolf then opens a box containing his father's effects and possessions. He reads aloud a letter that tells him that all his theories and records are inside the box. And the letter mentions that if he views them with ridicule and distaste, he should burn them. While if he is intrigued by it, she carry on his research, even though he will be hated for it. Outside, again, Igor is looking menacingly in through a window. Upstairs, Peter is in his bedroom saying his nightly prayers. He says that he doesn't need any light, and Elsa remarks it's because his father taught him to not be afraid of anything. In the master bedroom, Elsa finds the beds, two beds positioned head to head, and a maid tells her it's from an old superstition. If the house is filled with dread, place the beds head to head. <laughs> Outside in the rain, a wagon carries crates bound for the castle, and the villagers throw stones at it and curse it. So, do they sleep in separate beds, or... Is that just like, is that just an extra room? Uh, I think they sleep in separate beds. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't find anything 
regarding that supposed old wives tale. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something that was made up because it sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the separate beds thing is pretty common in TV and movies at this point. Because remember, like, in the yeah. 50s when, was it Lucy? Yeah. And, and Ricky that had that slept in one bed and it was like, <gasps> it was like yeah. a big deal. Oh, know? I didn't know that. I am far less cultured than, than you, though. So. <laughs> I don't know if knowing about I Love Lucy trivia makes me cultured. It makes you old. <laughs> far less pop cultured. <laughs> uh, yeah. It used to be, like, a very big taboo for married couples to sleep in the same bed on TV because what if people thought they were doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, the inspector that we saw earlier at the town council meeting uses the door's loud giant door knocker. Hell yeah. And is let inside by Benson the butler. The inspector introduces himself as Krogh, oddly positioning one arm with the other. He's like using one of his arms to move the other arm. Initially, he looks like um, one of those like silver guys, like painted like street performers. Oh, yeah. yeah. The inspector uh, says that he is here to assure the Baron of his protection because the villagers are always going to hate him. We quickly find out that one of his arms is a prosthetic because when he was a boy, the monster tore his arm off, and this prevented him from pursuing his dream as a soldier in the war. The inspector tells Wolf that there have been six unsolved murders in the village, all of prominent men who all had burst hearts and a bruise at the base of the brain. Locals think it's a murdering ghost who is alluded to as Frankenstein, the monster. Wolf assures the inspector he is not engaged in the creation of monsters. The inspector says if he rings the alarm bell, he will hear it and come to their aid. Elsa comes in as an and is introduced to the inspector. She says they must have him over for dinner sometime. After the inspector leaves, Elsa says they seem to be undesirable characters. And then she looks outside at the storm and says, What an awful storm. But Wolf seems mesmerized uh, by the storm and is not afraid of it. We see Igor peek through a secret panel in the wall at young Peter asleep in his bed. Creepy. Uh, yeah. Igor again. But yeah, Krog, such a good character. Absolutely love that character. Yeah, Lionel Atwell is an awesome character actor yeah. from this era, and, and he, he kills it as this character. Yeah, the fake arm, too. Just, like, the, fake, the fact that he has to, like, anytime he would move his arm normally, he, like, has to make a show of, of performing that gesture. It's just, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Also, a little too eager about if you need anything, ring the alarm bell. He's, like, really jonesing for something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he kind of has that trope of, like, the hyper-competent person who's stuck in, like, a small-time, dead-end position, you know? Yeah. So it's like he just wants to be useful and helpful. It is true. It's true. Uh, the next morning, though, young Peter comes down to uh, see his parents. He's got a little toy gun. When they ask him what he's up to, he says in his little southern drawl, he's off to hunt elephants and tigers. Uh, <laughs> Wolf says uh, he's going to spend his day checking out the estate. Peter jokes about, like, a sculpt of a boar, like, gargoyle thing. It's part of the set. Um, and he compares it to his Aunt Fanny before uh, housekeeper Amelia leads him out. Elsa looks out the window and asks what the other building on the property is. And Wolf tells her that it's his father's laboratory and that the roof caved in. Wolf says he can't wait to see what's inside. Love that. And it's so far the best name. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As Wolf looks about the equipment in the dilapidated lab, Igor waits above him peering through the roof, a broken hole in the roof. Wolf looks down at a bubbling pool and sniffs, declaring it must be sulfur. And then Igor tries to push a boulder on top of Wolf, 
but Wolf dodges and holds him at gunpoint, telling Igor to come down, which he does so. Wolf asks why he tried to kill him, but Igor says he thought Wolf intended to kill him. Wolf threatens Krog, but Igor says that Krog doesn't want a dead man and Igor is dead. He shows Wolf his deformed neck and says that he was hanged and his neck is broken, but he came back. Wolf asks why he was hanged, and Igor says, because I stole bodies, they said. Igor asks if Wolf is a doctor like his father. Wolf says he is, but he can't mend a broken neck. Igor says the doctor should come with him, and he pulls a hidden door in the wall. Inside, Wolf finds great stone coffins for his grandfather and his father, and then sees the monster, comatose, on a stone pedestal. When Wolf touches him, the monster moves his hand and startles him, but then settles back into unconsciousness. Igor says that the monster is his friend who does things for him. Igor says he has been asleep for many months, since a time when he was outside hunting during a great storm when lightning struck the tree he was standing under. Igor tells Wolf the monster cannot die, but he is sick, and that Frankenstein made him, but that Frankenstein was his father too. Wolf says, you mean to say this is my brother? And Igor says yes, but that the monster's mother was lightning. Such a good line. Yeah. Frankenstein agrees to take a look at him, but that they'll have to take him upstairs into the old laboratory. Igor says that nobody can know he's here, and Wolf agrees. Igor is awesome. Man, Bela Lugosi just chewing scenery and the, the whole, like, because I stole bodies. They said, like yeah. he keeps, he keeps like qualifying it yeah. at, at the yeah. end, like to cover it is so good. Like he's he's very funny. He's not like a scary bad guy. He's a funny bad guy for the most yeah. part. Yeah. But man, he's just so fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Just funny enough. Uh, we cut back to the council, and they seem paranoid about what is happening at Castle Frankenstein. One of the men says the quiet is unsettling. They say that a man in the village has seen large crates being unloaded into the old laboratory, and that they've even seen old Igor helping. They say they need to get Igor down here and make him tell them what Frankenstein's been up to, and Inspector Krog agrees. Yeah, the council's relationship to Igor, we're going to learn about it later, but it's so, so funny because it's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the lab, though, Wolf pulls the monster's body up from the basement, even though the room initially is off to the side anyways. Pulls the body up from below on a pulley system through a giant hatch in the floor, and he sets him up on his father's table, of course with Igor's help. Benson then comes to the lab uh, with Frankenstein. Uh, Igor throws him out and demands that Wolf kills him, but Wolf insists that Benson help or else he can't make the monster well. Igor relents and lets Benson in, and they run numerous tests and x-rays with all sorts of cool lightning effects and spectrometers and stuff. Wolf then remarks that he's completely superhuman, that no part of him is like a normal human human beings uh, which i love that they've moved towards this more like superhuman like the the next step in evolution as opposed to like henry frankenstein playing god it's more that yeah. like he's created the next step in human evolution yeah back at the council meeting the council interrogates igor about what is in the lab igor says they brought in all kinds of equipment that he doesn't understand he says that he's just a simple blacksmith, but one of them says, body snatcher, you mean, and asks if Frankenstein's asked him to steal any bodies. Another council member says that if he doesn't tell them the truth, they'll hang him again. Igor asks the burgomaster if he can be hanged again, and the burgomaster says that he's been hanged and declared dead, so he cannot be hanged for his same crime again. Can't be retried. <laughs> yeah. Double, Double jeopardy. jeopardy. <laughs> 
A man asks if he commits another crime, can he not be hanged then? And the Burgomaster says he can, but Igor says he hasn't done anything but help Frankenstein because he is a good man and pays him. Again, the same man threatens him, and Igor says it took eight men to hang him before. He says that while Neumweller Neumweller and Lang were part of the group that condemned him to hang, none of the others are here anymore because they're all dead. Igor says, they die, dead. I die. Live. Igor coughs on the men as he leaves and says it's because the bone gets stuck in his throat. The scene is fire. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's really good. Yeah, Bela Lugosi's like the monosyllabic like answers to things. Yeah, it's so fun. So Wolf finally draws his conclusion that when his father used lightning to raise the monster, he unknowingly extracted cosmic rays. He says that these rays may be the secret to life itself. Uh, He says that he now believes all the stories from the people of the village. He says that as a man, he should destroy the monster. But as a scientist, he should do everything in his power to bring him back to conscious life so that the world may study him and that it would vindicate his father to do so. Uh, He has Benson turn on the generator, and they run electricity through the monster. After an examination, though, Wolf says that he has failed. He's done everything he can, but that they will never get him out of the coma. Back in the village, a man tells the inspector that he won't work at Castle Frankenstein anymore, but the inspector tells him he will, and that he will report back everything he sees to the inspector. He pays him for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the inspector and Elsa have tea. Um, Elsa tells him that Wolf spends all his time in the lab deep in experiments. Elsa also mentions that he came in uh, looking gray as a ghost, so now he's taking some air. Just then, Wolf returns and greets the inspector. The inspector inquires to, as to why he chooses to work in the, the lab when it's in such a poor condition, seeing the roof is caved in. Uh, Wolf mentions that he put out some heavy canvas to seal a hole in the roof and that the sulfur fumes don't bother him. Elsa then is startled because she hadn't heard about this yet. But he says that the Romans built the structure and that they used it for the, for mineral baths, so it's not a big deal. He mentions now that the sulfur has increased its intensity and it boils at over 800 degrees Fahrenheit, mentioning that it would parboil anyone that fell into it to the bones. Uh, we call this a Chekhov's sulfur pit. Uh, <laughs> the inspector says that he'd like to see uh, how he fixed it up, and Wolf jokes that he'll have him over and he'll parboil him. Uh, as the two laugh, Peter comes in with a, Well, hello! and um, meets the inspector, and Peter remarks that it's rude wearing gloves in the house as he's shaking his left hand. The inspector reveals that it's entirely a false arm. Peter, being a child, asks how we lost it. Wolf interrupts, saying that the inspector lost it in the war, trying to, like, I don't know, save some face for him, even though I don't think the kid would care, but he's trying to, like, respect the inspector. Peter says that he's been hunting elephants and tigers, but that a giant interrupted his nap. (gasps) Shock. He says that it was a nice giant, though, and that Peter gave him his picture book, and he went away. Wolf carries Peter back up to the nursery and asks about the elephants and tigers, and also the giant. Peter says that he made up the elephants and tigers, but the giant was real. He imitates the giant's walk, which is the big, you know, classic Boris Karloff Frankenstein walk. Uh, Wolf then runs off quickly and runs right into the inspector. He tells the inspector that he has to leave because he has to hurry up to check on something that's in his laboratory, alluding to the monster, seeing if it's still there. Yeah, the inspector also has picked up on the giant is probably the monster Mm -hmm. and has become very curious at this point. Frankenstein's worst kept secret. Yeah. Wolf runs back to the lab to find a table with no monster on it. He tries to open the secret passage, but he can't do so, so he pulls up the giant trapdoor in the floor and heads down in it. Down below, the monster's pedestal bed is empty too. 
but the monster comes up out of the sulfur pit and startles Frankenstein. The monster looks over Wolf carefully, but does not harm him. The monster then finds his reflection in a mirror, and after confirming it's himself, he seems very upset by his own reflection. He pulls Frankenstein in front of the mirror and gestures to indicate their differences to him. The monster pulls away from the mirror and seems perturbed, but Igor comes up out of the sulfur pit too. Igor says the doctor made him better and that after Wolf left, the monster got up again. He teaches the monster that the doctor is a good man. Wolf says the monster must not get up again, but Igor says the monster does what Igor tells him, always. Igor remarks that the only people that know the monster is here are them and Benson, but Wolf assures Igor that Benson will never tell. The doctor tells Igor that the monster hasn't been made well in the head and that he must continue his experiments, but Igor refuses. Wolf says that if Igor wants him to be well, he must keep him in the lab always. Igor laughs and says he will as he caresses the monster. Igor loves the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. They take a little too much. Yeah, yeah. Some some might say he really loves the monster. There's almost a homoerotic tinge to his love of the monster. The monster does not necessarily seem to love him back in the to same the way. same extent. No. Frankenstein uh, and Benson are in the dining room. He tells him that the inspector is still in the library and that he can't bear Krogh's suspicious looks. Wolf tells Benson that the monster is indeed alive and that he's seen it walk. Wolf says he's never known fear until the monster put his hand on his shoulder. He says that the monster could have killed him, but Igor has control of the monster and that it must be some kind of hypnosis. Wolf says he needs to figure out how to make Igor obey him so that he can control the monster and continue his experiments. Benson asks what about Elsa and Peter, and Wolf says that he must send them away and that he'll suggest they take a trip to Brussels. We see that Igor is above spying on the conversation. Like a creep. Yeah, like a creep. Benson says he thinks it would be better to just tell Inspector Krogh everything, but Wolf gets upset and says he will not because he must become the master of the monster. And Ken, a little bit of his dad at him here. Mm-hmm. We cut later to the, the tunnels below the castle, and Igor pushes open the secret passage and lets the monster in. We see that they are now... In the guardhouse window, and Igor points out here Neumoller to the monster. Neumoller is on like a carriage driving down the road when the monster pulls uh, pulls him from the wagon and you know kills him, bursting his heart. Uh, he then sets him in front of the wagon's wheels and positions it so that when the the wagon rolls forward, it'll roll over him. Igor, we cut back to Igor and he's playing like a strange flute instrument up in the tower and smiles as he looks down, apparently controlling the monster with the flute. But yeah. Back in the castle, we see the inspector has come over for dinner with the Frankensteins. Wolf seems detached and very distracted and repeats what his wife says before realizing it. The other servants serve dinner and reveal that Benson is missing. Wolf says that he sent him over to the laboratory to get some papers, but it's clear that he's lying. When Elsa asks how long ago Wolf sent him over, Wolf replies that he must have become confused by his complicated instructions. A knock on the door turns out to be one of the inspector's men, revealing that an accidental death has occurred. Elsa says she's worried about Benson, and Wolf should go find him. Uh, Wolf goes to the lab, finds the monster asleep with Igor watching over him. Wolf asks if Igor has seen Benson, and he says that Benson came to check on the monster, and then ran off into the woods at the sight of him. Wolf interrogates Igor, asking him if he's telling the truth and if he killed Benson, but Igor denies killing him. Wolf asks Igor where the ladder into the sulfur pit goes, and Igor says it goes to a cave where they stay during the winter for warmth. When Wolf tries to touch the monster, Igor pulls his hand away, you know, revealing that he's very territorial. 
real about the monster. Yeah, the way he explains the way that they sleep in the sulfur pit is very funny too. It's like it's a cave. It's where we sleep in the winter for warmth. Yeah, so like it's just it's another good delivery there. Um, the inspector and the doctor and the council uh, look over the body of Herr Neumoller. They say he must have been asleep at the wheel, fell off his wagon, getting run over and crushed by it. The inspector then dismisses everyone from the room and tells the doctor that he suspects the heart may be burst. He instructs the doctor to check it out, and we cut later outside to see that Igor marked the door of Lang's apothecary with an X, marking him to be next. He's got, now that, now that Frankenstein's back, he's got his personal vendetta yeah. against the, the last two of the men who hanged him. In the Frankenstein's bedchamber, Elsa asks Wolf what happened to Benson, but Wolf says he doesn't know. He says perhaps Benson went to get drunk, and Elsa's confused by this because Benson doesn't drink. Wolf tells her not to worry and that Benson will be back tomorrow. Elsa says she is worried about Wolf and that he's not acting like himself. Elsa reveals that she hates it there, but Wolf tells her that he wants them to take a trip to Brussels. Elsa leaves to get Peter, saying that she'll feel better having him in their chambers with her. Later, we see Peter in bed with his mother, and Frankenstein having trouble sleeping because of the sound of Igor's horn? Flute. I don't know. It's like a clarinet in shape. Yeah. Woodwind. Igor's woodwind being played outside. We see the monster marching through the swamp to the sound of the woodwind and then clearing Herr Lang inside his apothecary. Clearing? What? You said and then clearing. You might want to take that sentence again. It's an important verb. (laughs) We see the monster marching through the swamp to the sound of the woodwind and then killing Harry Lang inside his apothecary with a single blow. It's kind of like clearing someone. Yeah, <laughs> to the back of the neck. Cle- clearing is what you do in Scientology when somebody has spent a lot of money. Ah. They're clear mm-hmm. at that point. <laughs> Killing. Neat. A little more to the point. Uh, the villagers form into a mob after finding out about Neumiller's death. The inspector shows up at the castle and inquires about Benson, but Wolf says he hasn't turned up. Wolf tells the inspector that he's going to the train station to make arrangements. The inspector says he must ask Wolf not to go, and that the accidental death was another burst heart. The inspector tells him that there's a mob at the Frankenstein castle's gates, and that they have the notion that Wolf had something to do with the murder. When Wolf says he'll go tell the mob that he didn't, the inspector says instead they will talk it over inside. Wolf is hysterical at this point and says that they've returned to the Middle Ages and that the villagers are sieging the castle when Elsa comes down. The inspector says he's there to provide protection against any unprovoked assault. He tells Elsa that it isn't safe for them to leave. Wolf says if one villager says sets foot inside his door, he will shoot them like a dog. The inspector asks Elsa if she can help get him some food because he hasn't eaten since uh, the dinner the night before the inspector insists that wolf and him go into the library to talk he shows his hand saying he would shoot them like a dog showing his hand he's a member of the bourgeoisie yeah mm-hmm. he's, he's not a benevolent nobleman yep degenerate like the rest yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know i just felt like really twisting the knife in him there yeah later on though we see a woman uh, emerge from the apothecary after the monster has done its deed uh she's running away screaming uh, we then cut to Peter playing in his room, and Amelia and the inspector come inside. The inspector asks Peter if the giant has paid him any more visits, and Peter says that he has. Peter tells him that he doesn't come through the door, though, but instead through the wall, and points to the, a spot in the wall, um, points out to Croak. Peter says he isn't afraid of the giant, though, because he's nice, and that last time he gave him a watch. 
He shows the watch to Krog, who opens it and sees that it's inscribed as the property of Benson. As Peter is pulled away by Amelia, the general quickly stuffs the watch into his pocket. Downstairs, Wolf rants about kicking the inspector out of his house, and Elsa says that Wolf is acting suspiciously, and that the villagers probably think he created another monster. Wolf says they've turned even his wife against him, but eventually apologizes. She said she wouldn't have been afraid if she hadn't seen him afraid for the first time. There's a knock upon the door, and another policeman comes in and whispers something to Inspector Krogh that causes him to have to run away. He leaves the policeman on guard there. Wolf takes the opportunity to head back to the lab. He climbs down the ladder into the sulfur pit and goes to smash the monster's head with a large rock while the monster sleeps, but Igor finds them. Wolf accuses Igor of having the monster kill Neumuller. Igor admits to it, saying that the eight men who had him hanged are now all dead themselves. Wolf tells Igor to go away, but Igor says the monster is his and that Wolf will have to go away. The monster attacks Wolf, but Igor intervenes. We see the mob getting more unruly outside the castle gates when Krog returns to the library to find Wolf pretending to play darts. Uh, the inspector says he is here on official business tonight, not social. Krogh tells Wolf there's been another death that occurred last night and that it was Herr Lang this time, who was a very old and dear friend. Wolf says that the villagers will say that he killed him again, and the inspector reveals that the villagers think instead that he knows who did it and that it was the monster. The inspector tells Wolf that he will arrest him to keep the villagers quiet for the murder of Benson. Wolf suggests that the inspector search the laboratory, but Krog says they already searched it, and they found nothing suspicious except a large table. Wolf says that he knows who his monster may be, and that it's old Igor. Krog says that Igor has a perfect alibi since he was under observation up in the tower during all the murders. Wolf says he doesn't trust Igor and that he's going to find him and kick him off the estate. And the inspector basically says, like, yeah, sure, cool. <laughs> um, and so Wolf runs off. Yeah, Igor's alibi is that he was playing obnoxious flute music in the tower all the time. After he runs off, Krog uses this opportunity, though, to go up to Peter's room and finds the secret passage that the monster used to get in. Inside, he finds Benson's body and the length of chain that came off of the watch uh, that matches. Meanwhile, Wolf uh, runs to his lab and Igor attempts to attack him with a hammer, but Wolf dodges and shoots him several times uh, with his revolver. Igor falls to the floor dead. The monster crawls up out of the pit after Wolf leaves and finds Igor dead on the ground. He's very upset and starts kind of yowling and screaming. Back in the castle, though, Elsa tells Amelia that she can put Peter to bed but that she must stay with them, keep an eye on them at all times. The inspector tells Elsa and her son that he will get them off the property safely. She also says that Wolf and the inspector should go confront him in the library. The inspector asks Wolf if he found Igor, and Wolf tells him he did, and that he killed him, because Igor tried to attack him with a hammer. He asks what the inspector intends to do about it, and Krog replies, Congratulate you! for it is undoubtedly he that killed Benson. Wolf is shaken at the revelation that his body was found in the passageway. Krog says it was done by a monster, not Igor, and that the monster is under his control. Krog says he's an even worse fiend than his father, and that he will stay by his side until he confesses, or he'll feed him to the villagers like the Romans fed Christians to the lions. Wolf offers the inspector a drink or a game of darts. Yeah, and... and and they do play darts, and one of my favorite little details of Krog is he keeps his darts in, oh, yeah. like, jabbed into his prosthetic arm, which is great. So good. Yeah. Especially, it's shocking, because it, he pulls them all out and then just jabs them at the same time into his arm. Yeah. I wonder if that was scripted or not. 
The monster sets Igor on the pedestal uh, that he was laying on earlier down in the crypt. He then runs off and angrily throws the lab equipment into the sulfur, causing several explosions. In his rage, the monster throws things about until he finds Peter's picture book. The monster then goes to the secret passage. Uh, We see the inspector and Wolf playing darts as the monster sneaks into Peter's room. When Amelia goes to check on him, the monster grabs her and she just kind of faints. Downstairs, the darts continue and the monster walks Peter along a path outside. Elsa goes into Peter's room to awaken Amelia and ask where Peter has gone. This startles Wolf because she's obviously Amelia is hysterical and Wolf and the inspector run off to find Peter. Wolf goes to the lab but finds the door to the lab has been blocked. The inspector follows the monster through the secret passage. The inspector and the monster have a confrontation in the lab and the monster rips his prosthetic arm off. The inspector fires on the monster but it doesn't stop him. The monster has one foot on top of Peter pinning him to the floor but Wolf swings down from a a rope through like the roof which is just a tarp a tarp so he swings through and kicks the monster into the sulfur pit where we see him sink into the burning liquid the inspector opens the door to let in elsa and amelia and the movie ends with us cutting to the train station where the baron frankenstein wolf says he has given the deed to the castle to the village in hopes that peace and happiness will be restored to them all the crowd cheers as wolf and his family get on the train to leave the village forever yeah brain saints monster's not dead though that that guy's built different <laughs> yeah that's that yeah a sulfur pit can't stop frankenstein's monster come on <laughs> all right let's start with you torrent what is your general thoughts on this movie it's another frankenstein movie and honestly they kind of each get a little bit better than the last one uh i wasn't crazy about the first one the second one was fine this one was entertaining enough i think bella lugosi's character and a different Frankenstein who's a little more personable, I think made it more interesting, but I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty indifferent to these black and white monster films. Like I said, I they're entertaining, but I don't think they're horror movies. Anna? I feel similarly. Um, I wish that the monster had more to do in this movie. He's kind of just a pawn. I don't love that. But of the three Frankenstein movies we've seen so far, this was probably my favorite of the three. Oh man, I, I I'm I'm a little sad you guys are lukewarm because this movie fucking slaps to me. This movie's exactly what I love about classic movies: character actors being fucking character actors to the highest degree, I mean, just like playing crazy, unforgettable characters. It's not it's not bad. It's just I don't know. I it's just to me it's not really a horror movie. Like well, again, I think it's probably time. You know, like yeah. this isn't scary. To, and this there's nothing scary about this movie in a modern sense. More than even the last two movies, I could show this to my eight-year-old and he would be a hundred percent fine and he's generally not fine with scary stuff yeah i I will say i watched this with my girlfriend while she was working on art stuff and i was telling her you know as i was watching it, one thing i really enjoy about these older movies is i love like black and white film set design yes when like we're at that point in film history where like sets are still very much reminiscent of like theater sets yeah like play sets yeah. They're not doing a bunch of location filming yet and like more believable suspension, you know, more believable sets. It's it's more like kind of fancy, like what's the word for? Like more high concepts. Yeah, it's, that's still the right word. 
You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's definitely like some magical realism going on with the set. That's a good word for it. It's uh, it's at all these it's all these wonky angles, like the castle yeah. interior. Yeah. It, that those stairways. When when we were watching it, I said. I'm, I'm, I haven't watched this movie since I was in high school, but I was like, I'm starting to realize that the like whole aesthetic that Tim Burton has that we give him all this credit for is mostly just taken from these old monster movies. Like, yeah. it looks very much like what he is known for with like the angular buildings and houses and roofs that, that are, are not really how we would build those things. That's a really good point, actually. It's funny. And he's definitely just kind of cribbed. I mean, you know, taking something old and bringing it back is still a choice, an artistic choice that I think is valid. But it's definitely not as... Uh, when I was a kid, I thought everything Tim Burton was so original. But now I'm realizing it's less original than I thought. It's, yeah. it's cribbed from this quite a bit. Yeah, I, I love I love the set design in this movie. I think it's awesome. Like every everything looks cool and the the geography of the the laboratory is a little strange to me, but uh, <laughs> it, it works, I guess. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It, the crypt is off to the side, but it's actually below, and the yeah. the roof that's caved in is where the Frankenstein's you know lab is kept. Yeah. So you both said that you like this better than the other two. Uh huh. Yeah. That's that's cool. That's point in its favor. I, I yeah we kind of talked about a lot of stuff I want to talk to as we go I I think Igor is awesome um, Igor will return in the next movie as well Bella Lugosi is back mm-hmm. with Igor Roland Lee in fact like worked with Bella Lugosi and kind of let him create this character and and he actually because this is his first movie in the director's seat James Whale isn't directing this one and he he actually thought like oh Igor is the real is the monster of this movie and the real star of this movie and is he you know he liked his performance more than Boris Karloff's and it kind of shows cuz the movie centers way more around Igor than it yeah. is around the monster. What do we think of the monster as as Wolf's brother that whole like theme of the movie? Um I liked that. Yeah, it's it's a cool duality I suppose. You know, the the heir the 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 child that was like there the whole time versus the one that came back i don't know i didn't actually pick up too much apart from them mentioning it that one time but i realized it was more of a theme to the movie can you speak to that a little bit yeah yeah i I mean i actually think it's not as well realized as it could be i think it's like mentioned and then it's it's you know other than depicting the scene in the mirror it doesn't have as much payoff as i would like it to be Mm -hmm. there is something interesting where like wolf is trying to you know gain control over his brother but there's these outside forces you know so that's an interesting familial dynamic when you have a sibling who has like a bad influence and you're trying to like undo that influence desperately and you can't you know so there's something that that's kind of a common with the wrong crowd yeah that's that's a common you know over uh caring like watchful sibling kind of trope um that i think is is interesting in the movie i did like your class commentary that wolf is very typical bourgeoisie and that he's this nobleman who comes into the village as a new person and is like hey i just want to make friends but the moment that's hard he's like i'll shoot them like a dog you know yeah yeah I don't know as much about Roland Lee as I do about James Whale, so I don't know. You know, he could have been a secret Hollywood communist or something, and that could have been a, <laughs> a, a hidden There are way more than people realize. Yeah. 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 This is, so this is the last time we're going to see Boris Karloff. Did he die after this one? Or you retire? No, but he, he, he started to do other things, and so he had a scheduling conflict that prevented him from playing the monster in the next movie, and then he just never returned to the role, except on like a celeb- like a couple weird celebrity appearances on like talk shows and stuff mm. that where he would like show up as the monster for a charity event. But this is this is otherwise his last movie as the monster. And I will miss him. 
Yeah. I swear my heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think it's a really solid movie. There's sort of a there's sort of a feeling that old movies can have when they're done really well. They just have this classic feeling that's really good. A lot of Hitchcock movies feel that way. Yeah. Um, to me, where it's just like. Ooh. Do we get to watch a Hitchcock movie for this? Yeah, because as I said for this movie, we're going to define horror as wide as I want it to. I, I think Psycho is legitimately a horror movie. but um... Adam Sandler's Fifty First Dates. Is it a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> the film okay. equivalent of is a hot dog a sandwich. <laughs> it, I'm not, yeah, we're not going to go quite that wide. But if we can squint at it and go like, yeah, it's it's meant to elicit you know unease or terror or shock in, in the way we associate with the genre, then... Um, it works. There's there's a ton of things that people debate whether they're horror movies, like Silence of the Lambs being the big one, uh. um, and we'll we'll save that for another time. But so we will definitely watch some Hitchcock at some point. I think it would be it would be a disservice to Hitchcock to not watch a Hitchcock movie or, yeah. or, or a few. I have my personal favorites, but we'll we'll get to those. Is there anything else we want to touch on before we do some science? Uh, no. No, nah, I think I'm I'm pretty good. All right. Well. Then uh, go ahead uh, and get out your uh, scareometer apps. That's right. We've made we've made the scareometer an app now, so you can just touch. No more needles or electrodes. Just a, you know, thumb thumb on the screen, and it'll tell you your reading. My my terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terror. Uh, you might. Uh, for those of you new to the show, uh, the scareometer is a uh, very scientific apparatus that uh, details Torin and Anna's journey into horror fandom. Uh, in a convenient percentage. So last time we checked, Torin was at 47%. Anna was at 28%. Should they reach 0%, uh, that means they're over it and they don't care about horror and they're going to leave the show if things don't get better. Should they get to 100%, uh, then the show... Did its job, and I don't know what we do. Then we get a spinoff. Yeah, we get a, they get their own spinoff uh, of, the, of the show. So let's start with Anna, since she was lower. You were at 28% last time. Uh-huh. Where are you at after watching this movie? Now at 29%. 29%. You went up a single percentage from yep. this. All right. Uh, I'll take modest gains, you know. We'll, we'll t- I'll take those. Torin. Yes. You were all the way up at 47%. Yes, where was I before? Where are you? Do you remember what my prior score before that was? Uh, I don't. Uh, I think it... That's okay. I think it was... I can't remember if I went up or down. I think you went... I think you either stayed the same or went up like a percentage point or two. Okay. Well, if that's the case, if it was net neutral or slightly net positive, I'll continue to positive trend because this movie, my opinion, was better than the previous one. Uh, I'll go up to even 50, because 50 is a nice number. 50% it is. That's not the only science we do, though. We also have to rank uh, this movie against the other horror films we have watched and create a definitive ranking of horror movies from best to worst. We currently have 19 movies on the list with Get Out, Jordan Peele's 2017 horror debut as the number one movie. I would say, though, that just a heads up, this list is homeopathic. There are some flaws in it. Um, you know, it's not... Some people wouldn't maybe say this is scientific. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's very definitive. The bottom movie on the list right now, the worst horror movie of all time, is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. So we have to put this movie somewhere in between. And luckily, you two made it pretty easy because you said it's better than The Bride of Frankenstein, 
which is currently at number nine on the list, so we know it at least goes above that. But directly above that is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Is this movie better than A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first Wait, one? So before I get no. there, I think you may, I think you misspoke. I think the worst movie is Freddy's Dead, is it not? No, it's, it's the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. We put that below Freddy's Dead. The super meta one? No, no, the 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 two the remake remake with the with Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, as. The one where Freddy was an actual child molester? Yeah, I think I bought it You may it have up. erased yeah. it from your memory because it was so bad. Yeah. I think I blotted it out. Yeah, it's it was real bad. So we're saying, is this movie better than the original Nightmare? Yeah, because you said it's better than... You both said it's better than Bride of Frankenstein, which is number nine on the list currently. So it, it's at least number eight. Is it going above the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Anna, you said no. Which is number seven. What's number seven? No, yeah. It's Black Christmas. Yeah, it would, it would be number seven. Uh, sorry. No. I misspoke. Hold on. Let's rewind a bit. Yeah, it's, explain. I'm confused. It will be the new number nine, uh, at the very least, going above Bride of Frankenstein, which is currently number nine. Okay. And Freddy... Above that is Nightmare on Elm Street, okay. the 1984 original. Okay. Okay. Is it better than that? Uh, you're saying no, Anna? I don't think it's better than the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Nightmare is more important culturally as well than the third Frankenstein movie. Yeah. Um, and it delivers more, it sets the standard for more horror tropes. Yeah. I agree with you. It's universe. It's, it's unanimous this time. Son of Frankenstein will enter the list at number nine, the rare hat trick. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's about nice and easy. That was easy. <laughs> no, no arguments at all. Uh, well, yeah, is it is it better than Black Christmas though? Well, no, it doesn't matter because it's below. Oh yeah, sh- I'm sorry, everybody. So no, it's not. Better I played than Black myself. Christmas. That was a test, and you guys passed. Good job, you passed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks, DJ Khaled. Um, <laughs> so next week we're going to conclude the Frankenstein movies that we're watching for now because we're not watching any crossovers. With Frankenstein Four, Frankenstein Forever, <laughs> Ghost of Frankenstein is the next Ooh. movie in the series. We're going to meet another Frankenstein son, Ludwig Frankenstein. What? Uh, we're going to. Yep, and we're going to see the return of Igor, and we're going to see Lon Chaney Jr. as the monster for the first time. So, Isn't Ludwig Frankenstein the Koopa that plays music in Super Mario Brothers 3? Yeah, yeah, Ludwig Koopa is, is the Koopa that plays music, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like my joke didn't go over as well as I thought it was going on in my head. I... I laughed because I love Super Mario Brothers 3 quite a bit. That's a good game. So if you want to tell us that we're wrong with our ranking or that we're doing a great job, preferably, you can do so by following the show on Twitter at how the number 2 love the dark. You'll find in our bio a link tree which will connect you to all of our other possible stuff for the show, um, including our Discord server. Feel free to join and discuss the movies or anything else. If you want to uh, let me personally know that I'm just doing such a great job as the anchor of this show, as the, as the, the host and, uh, and guide, the Virgil to your Dantes, as it were, you can do that uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I am at NPC Aaron. I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash NPC underscore Aaron. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Guns, Gods, Ghosts, and I'm also on Letterboxd as Guns, Gods, Ghosts. If you want to uh, read my pithy comments about movies i watch not even just horror i recently watched new york ninja and you can see my thoughts on that where can people follow or or check in on you uh you can find me on twitter at cellophobia 
with an S. And I am also on Letterboxd, although I have not been keeping up with my Letterboxd account as much as I should have, as Anna, A-N-A underscore Rampage. And Torin, I know people can cash you outside, but where else might they cash you? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at BracyTK. If you want to tell me how good of a, uh, you know, Aaron, if Aaron's the anchor, I feel like I'm like the Griffin McElroy baby spice of the group. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You can find me there. I talk about food and minis and cats. It's a good time. Check it out. We would like to thank Dion Dusk for our wonderful intro outro music. Thanks, Dion. Uh, he is a <laughs> he is a great producer and rapper here in Seattle. He has a new project either just coming out or coming out soon, depending on the date. This called Slime Tyrants. Oh, what? Ooh. That is a duo uh, with him and another rapper friend of mine, Dork Steezy. I I recommend checking it out. We would also like to thank Susie Draws, Susie S U Z I underscore Draws on Instagram. Uh, Torrance's wonderful girlfriend who made us this sweet, sweet art. Uh, look her up, follow her, commission her to draw something yeah, for you. she'll make you art too. She's very talented. She's going to be on an episode soon. But the most important thing you can do for us, uh, if you want to show some love to the podcast, is give us a review, a thumbs up, whatever, whatever your podcast program lets you do. Uh, go ahead and, and do that for us if you don't mind. Uh, if you leave a five-star review, I will read it on the air in appreciation but the most important thing actually is to share the podcast with a friend if you know somebody who would be interested in the show who likes horror movies or is thinking about getting into horror movies and would appreciate the watch along aspect of this show please let them know word of mouth is the best advertising there is it's also the only advertising we can afford so um thank you all for checking in anything else before we sign off uh if you if you don't share word of mouth Aaron's going to have to have his kids spin signs that say how to love the dark outside of gas stations Yeah, as advertising. You don't want to do that. Yeah, they're, they're very young, and that would be very exploitative, and it would be all your fault for not leaving a five-star review. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> With that being said, thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time to another episode of How to Love the Dark. Cool night. Cool night.